Amen. It's already recording. Oh, great. <laughs> well, good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Jeannie Boshears. My family and I have been here at Otter Creek for um, about 18 years. My husband and I have uh, four children. The oldest is 28, and the baby is 18, and we just took him to college on Thursday. That's my prayer request. Um, so I start to cry. Um, just set me in a chair and pat me on the head and tell me it'll be all right. My emotions have been like this all week. Um, I teach here at the preschool. I teach young threes, um, so babies are my forte. Speaking to adults makes me a nervous wreck. And so my heart is racing. I ask for um, grace from you all. Um, if I talk too quietly, if I talk too quickly, if I say something you don't understand, just say, hey, will you repeat that? Just calm me down and flag me in. You know, most of us are in our second childhood. So <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> then we are good. Just talk to us like three-year-olds. <laughs> Now, Miss Jeannie said, um, so I am excited to be here as well as nervous. Freedom Prayer is um, near and dear to my heart. Um, it has changed my life and um, immeasurably it has changed my life. Um, and I didn't even really know that my life needed to be changed, but walking in this, this um, freedom is tremendous and it's such a gift from the Lord. Um, as I was trying to decide, there's so much information, where to start, what to say first. I thought, um, as I was praying, I just kept hearing the word testimony, so that may possibly that would be a good place to start, just to give, um, just to give my testimony of, of how I started um, with this ministry. And about three years ago, I also forget to breathe when I'm, when I'm talking like this. About three years ago, um, there was a spirit class, a Sunday school class on the spirit, and Mark Hayes was teaching it, and I was going there, and for some reason, Mark stepped down. He was no longer teaching, but there were co-teachers, and one of those co-teachers was Andy Reese. And Andy Can you kinda, talk just a little bit? Yes, okay. um, I'll try. Andy Reese was one of the co-teachers, and <clears throat> he and his wife, Susan, attend church here, and as he started teaching the class, it took a little bit different slant. We went a little bit deeper, not so much in as far as what Mark had been teaching us, but Andy was taking us deeper and into scripture, and he was saying things I wasn't familiar with. Um, like his relationship with the Lord was something I wasn't experiencing. I um, had grew up going to a Christian school. I went to a Christian college. I could tell you the Bible stories. I memorized scripture. Um, I went to youth group. So I had a firm foundation in the Lord, but I didn't have this relationship that Andy had. And it was intriguing to me. So as the class went on, <coughs> excuse me, um, I realized that he started talking about freedom prayer and a book he had written called Freedom Tools that he and his friend Jen Barnett had written, which explains freedom prayer um, it's a training guide for people who want to step into this ministry. Jen and her family um, were living in Texas and had just moved to Nashville, so she came and taught some of our classes with us. Um, and still, I was like, oh, I, I want this. I want what they have. I want what I see on their faces. I want God to be my best friend. And um, so they announced that we were going to have a training class here at Otter Creek. 
So I thought, okay, I'm all in. I'll sign up for this training class. And about the time I decided to sign up for the training class, I started hearing this little voice in my head. And it said, you don't belong. You're not good enough. They're not going to let you be a part of this. And it kind of took me aback. I was like, okay. Well, I still wanted to go. So I did. But I could feel myself shrinking in. So I didn't ask many questions. I kind of sat there. I'm quiet anyway. I'm an introvert. But I could feel myself kind of shutting down. I was still learning. I was still participating. But something in me was different. I wasn't quite as open. I was more guarded. Uh, So we went through the training. um, And I did forget to say another catalyst for me was Jen had us in class one day practice abiding with the Lord to draw near to Him. And that was something I had never done. You just sit quietly and she led us with a verse and we just asked the Lord to show Himself with your eyes closed. And He did. And I had never, I had just never sat with the Lord like that. So that was another reason to want to jump into this. Um, But as the training continued, um, we were coming toward the end. And to be a part of the team, you have to have your own freedom prayer session. I was stuck. I didn't want to have a freedom prayer session. I heard this voice, you don't belong. You're not good enough. They don't want you. So if I go to this freedom prayer session, I'm really opening myself up. I'm nervous. I would if they say, yeah, we don't want you. You're not our material. You're not our kind of girl. Um, I would be devastated. And to take, take that chance was really hard. And in the Church of Christ environment, when I've seen people go forward, you know, a lot of times there's gossip about them. People talk, even if it's just speculation. And so to open myself up, I was just afraid. Hearing those voices, I was afraid. But I did it. I thought, okay, we're just going to see, Lord. I know you want me to do this. I'm going to do it. So I did. I signed up. And uh, my session was incredible. The Lord is so sweet. Um, He met me there. He showed me some of the reasons in that session of why I was hearing those voices, that little voice in my head. Um, I've had multiple sessions since then um, because it isn't a one and done. It's a lifestyle for me. Um, It's a a way I just interact with the Lord on a daily basis, and I hope that it just totally becomes second nature. Um, But he showed me that's not your voice that you're hearing. That is not my voice that you're hearing. That is the voice of the evil one, and he wants you separated from me. And that's that's what was happening. I was shrinking in. I was stepping back. I was ready to remove myself from this. Um, And Satan would have won. But the Lord so gently showed me, this is why you believe this. And um, it it was just sweet. And it was was wonderful. And every freedom prayer session is confidential. Nothing leaves that room. No one even knows that you've had it except for the people in that room and the person who coordinates your um, prayer time. So my takeaways um, from that part of freedom prayer was the sense of abiding with the Lord, drawing near to Him. I've learned um, how to walk into the fact that I am a new creation in the Lord. Um, Because you read that verse and it makes sense, but how do I apply that to my life? I didn't live that way. Um, And there's just a sense of joy that I have that I never had before. Um, I think my joy which really probably was happiness, 
was always related to circumstances. And now I can say my circumstances are no different. But there is a joy in my heart um, that's truly from the Lord that I just never had uh, before. So that's kind of my little testimony about freedom prayer. Um, For those of you who don't know, I mean, that was very general. But there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 3.17 that says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that pretty much sums up freedom prayer. It's a way for you to sit quietly and connect your spirit, which the Lord has given us, to the spirit of the Lord. And that opens a pathway. I liken it um, to when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they walked with the Lord daily. When the fall came, they were removed from the garden. And I don't think, I don't remember scripture where they continued to walk with the Lord. But when the Lord designed them, he designed them to want relationship with him. And he doesn't change. He wanted relationship with them, and he still wanted relationship with them when they left the garden. And he designed us the same way. He designed us with a desire for relationship with him, and he wants that with us. Um, And so that's what freedom prayer enables us to do, is just to really open crack or open that door to that full relationship with him. Um, In a prayer time, I'll go ahead and tell you what that would look like, is you, if the person, like if I were coming for prayer time, it would be me, and then two or three other people would be with you in that room. There's one we call the lead. They help facilitate your time as far as, you know, telling you what to expect and helping you draw near to the Lord and leading you through. There's no agenda. It's just helping you hear what the Lord has to say and then helping you continue to hear him. They're the second, we call the second. They take notes and they'll be praying for you. (laughs) The notes are given to you at the end because as much as you remember that happens during that time, there's so much that you forget. And so to have those notes is is just beautiful just to go back and read and go, oh yes, the Lord said this or the Lord did this. Um, And then the third, just praise the entire time that you're in that room. And sessions last anywhere from an hour to two hours, as Andy likes to say. The worst thing that can happen is that you sit and you're prayed for for one to two hours by other people, three other people. And the best thing is that not only are you prayed for, you encounter the living God. Um, So that's kind of what a prayer session would look like. Um, Matthew 6, 6 through 9 says... But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. So implying that to freedom prayer, um, what it says to us is, you know, then your father who sees what is done in secret, um, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, who sees what is done. Um, You know, it's biblical, pray to the father and he sees us. He sees us all the time and he'll see us in that environment. Um, 
And then it says that he will reward you. And that reward probably is not what we think of as a reward. It isn't like, I won the lottery. I just got the best brand new luxury car. But it's a reward that when we sit with him and seek his face, that he wants to restore us to him. He wants to compensate for losses or harms that have happened to us. He wants to deliver us from anything that we're believing um, that is, does not align with his will for us. Um, and then it says, he knows before we ask what we need. You know, and our God, our loving Father, wants to provide for us with delight. He wants us to have that fullness and richness in him. And so how would we make that scripture relate to our everyday It's just picturing God as that benevolent Father that loves us, that wants to delight in us, who wants to reward us, who sees us and knows what we need before we ask and wants to um, reach down and and help us. But we have to reach up to him. He isn't going to just wave that wand and take care of our situation. We have to be looking to him and give give whatever it is to him willingly. And Matthew 18, 20 says, For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. And in freedom prayer, that is so true. You know, we can feel the Spirit of the Lord in that room. You know, we claim that verse, that promise, and the the air in the room, I don't know how to explain it. It just, it feels differently when we are praying that way. And claiming his promises and standing on them. Um, because you know the scripture says that our battle isn't against people. It isn't against those that we walk with. It's against the unseen. It's supernatural. Um, and so when we have connection with the Lord during the prayer time, there is always a cause and effect in the spiritual world that trickles over into the physical world. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, if I can really explain it well, um, but when we, do, when we do work before the Lord, when we're giving everything to Him openly and we are open to hear what He has to say, it's on a spiritual level and it changes the spiritual world, which in effect changes our, our world. Um, and I have a little bit of an example of that. Not, it's not a huge example, but as I um, have been learning to walk in this way, and this was early on, so probably two years ago, I was driving, and traffic makes me crazy onto, at times, especially right around here in Nashville. They're terrible drivers. And somebody cut me off, and I'm bad about going, oh, you idiot. And that came out of my mouth. And immediately... I had two of my children in the car. I mean, they're grown. But I said, immediately, I was stricken. I went, oh, God, I'm so sorry I just said that. Those are your children, and you love them, and you love them every bit as much as me, and I'm so sorry that I just called them an idiot. I had no right whatsoever. So I'm saying this out loud because it just, boom, flew out of me, and my kids were going, Mom, are you okay? (laughs) I said, yes, I'm good. I just should not have said that. Um, and, and I loved that I was stricken immediately and that it hurt me that I had said that. Now, not every time am I stricken. I will confess, you know, everything I say here, I'm working toward. I am still a work in progress, as we all are. Um, but it felt good to know, okay, 
that things are things are changing. Um, so, and uh, let's see. Um, when we talk about changing the physical world, you know, Satan doesn't. I've said that earlier. Satan does not want us to be close to the Lord. He starts from probably the time we're born, attacking us to put to make us believe lies about ourselves, like my lies that I don't belong or I'm not good enough. He he does that to us, and we choose to believe or unbelieve or, or not to believe that. But um, he only has the two tools: he can accuse us, and he can deceive us. And that's what he did to Eve. He deceived her. Um, and we often hear his voice in I statements, so I don't realize that it's him. You know, I, I heard I don't belong. I didn't hear a voice saying you don't belong. I heard I don't belong. I'm not good enough. I may have said that, didn't say it that way, but that's what I heard. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. And, and as you sit in this way of um, talking to the Lord, you um, begin to discern what is our voice, what is the voice of the evil one, and what the Lord's voice sounds like. And um, it takes a little time. And you can, and God loves it for us to question him. We can say, is that you? You know, as you learn to sit, sit that way. And um, the I remember when Frank was talking about the good shepherd and, the, and I, he drew a sheep pen and, you know, the, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy in the night. He wants to take those sheep. But if we know our shepherd, we know his voice, and we're protected because of that. Um, another part of freedom prayer is 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, the words there are captive and obedient. We, if you can take every thought captive, which sounds daunting, but again, it's just a new way to think of, why did I just say that? God, why did I just say that to, to my, my daughter yesterday? This wasn't a big thing, but I was, I've been so worried about this and working on it, working on it. And um, she said, Mom, we had to go to Franklin for something. And she goes, Mom, let's go to Frothy Monkey after we run our errand. Let's go there, and you can take your stuff, and you can sit, and you can work on it. And I think she had some work she needed to do. And I went, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, I need silent. I need quiet. I can't go. Um, and that was just what came out. There's nothing wrong with saying that at all. And, but when I said that, it shut her down. And she went to the back of the house, and it wasn't, oh, it was within five minutes. The Lord said, you should have gone to Frothy Monkey with her. I just, I just heard him. He goes, I've got, you know, it was, I've got this. This is not about you. She needed you to be with her. And I was like, oh, I ruined it again. <laughs> so I went back there, and I said, hey, Lynn, um, her name's Lindsay. I said, hey, Lynn, you know what? I've been thinking, and I was kind of jumping the gun on that. Let's go to Frothy Monkey. If you want to do that, let's do that. I can pack my stuff up, and it'll be, it'll be great. Um, I'd like to do that with you. And she went, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And I was crushed. So it's just, you know, it's in little insignificant things. So I don't know how she heard that. She could have heard that. My mom doesn't want to be with me. That could be a way a Satan is attacking her through me, through my words, where if I had just paused for a minute and said a quick prayer, Jesus, do I need to go? Can I go there? Would that be okay? Can I get this done? Can I feel good about it? And heard his voice first. 
that would have been different. Now, we went and ran errands, and we had a wonderful day, but we didn't go to the Frothy Monkey. And like I said, that is not significant, but I don't know how she heard that. And I did watch her just close down, and that is not what I want to do. It's not what I want to be about. Um, so when we can take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ, we disarm Satan and we take away his power um, because Christ is already at the cross. He's one. We just have to keep surrendering to him. Um, James 4, 7 through 8 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And I love that, that, you know, he tells us in Scripture, come near to me, and I will come near to you. Um, John 10, 10, I did. 2 Corinthians 16, 9 says, and this is one of my favorites. I have it sitting by my bed right now. Um, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I just love that picture of the Lord just searching the earth just wanting to strengthen us as his children, as his believers, as his sons and daughters. Because, you know, the flip of that verse is that Satan is a roaring lion looking to devour, but I have God who wants to search and strengthen me and protect me and take care of me. Could you repeat that verse? Um, 2 Corinthians 16, verse 9. That's a good verse. And I found as I've, um, the more I've walked through with freedom prayer in this lifestyle, um, the more the word becomes living. I mean, it's really alive. You know, I, you read that, but but it feels that way now. And different different scriptures speak to me different at different times. But I spoke earlier about my takeaways were um, learning how to abide with the Lord to draw near to him. Um, so I like to talk about that just a little bit. Abiding creates relationship. I can't have a relationship with you if I don't draw near to you, if I don't spend time talking to you. Um, I don't know you. I don't know that I can trust you. I don't know your likes or dislikes. I don't feel comfortable with you. Um, so learning to draw near and abide with the Lord um, creates that relationship, that space for relationship. So I can trust what he says. I can um, have obedience out of love to him even when it doesn't look like what the world would say to do. Um, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Another verse, another translation said, Be still and cease striving. And I love that. Just when I say that phrase, cease striving, I just feel a calmness come over me. And... Uh, um, a calmness of just, yeah, just my mind slowing down, not having to carry all, all, all of the stuff that we have. You know, Josh has talked about the backpack with the stones in it. It's like when I see striving, that backpack just slips off of my shoulders. And I get to just sit and enjoy the presence of the Lord. And Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And so again, it's just... You know, what we do in freedom prayer, what anyone can do in freedom prayer, um, it's all biblical. It's all scripture-based. And some people call it a listening prayer because that's what we learn to do. We just learn to listen to the Lord. And as we learn to abide and interact with God, we um, transition 
and I reference this from the knowledge of Scripture to relationship with the Lord, and that's just the Scripture becoming alive um, into that relationship with the Lord. And that happens as we, a lot of it is just tapping into our spirit as it connects with the spirit of the Lord. Um, Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, is Paul speaking to fellow believers. And it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And I love these words that he, because even back when Paul was living, he wanted for his believers the same thing that freedom prayer offers us, learning to walk with the Lord in this way. He says, um, that the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that is what often happens when you sit with the Lord. Um, you have revelation, and he gives you wisdom for whatever it is that you're, you're struggling with or need to know. Um, and it's also that you may know him better. And um, Paul says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Uh, isn't, I think that's beautiful, that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened and opened. Isn't that what we all want, is just to have our eyes opened? to what the Lord's doing because whether we see him or not, he is working all of the time, all of the time. Um, sometimes I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it, but <clears throat> I was um, cooking dinner and didn't have what I needed. It was close to rush hour, so I was going to have to go back to the grocery store and and I'm just like, oh, my word, why didn't I get it? Why? So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, maybe there's a reason that you had me forget this. Maybe it was just me. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know, but I'm going back to the grocery. Everybody thinks we're having this for dinner. So I went back to the store, and um, as I walk in, a couple of aisles down, I see someone I haven't seen in years, and I needed to see that person. They needed to see me. And so it was like 20 minutes later, I'm just going to get what I went for. That should have taken me 20 minutes total and check out. And I get home an hour later. My family didn't know where I was, but because I could look to the Lord for that, I wasn't, the old me would have been like, I can't believe, I would have been kind of mad, mad at my husband. I don't even know why I would have been mad at him, but because we didn't have everything we needed, I've been mad that I might have avoided going down that aisle for seeing that person. But because I'm trying to walk with the Lord and what he wants, you know, I just went right down there and said hi. Um, so it's kind of fun. It's a little bit like an adventure every day. Where's the Lord taking me? What does he want me to see? What does he want to show me? Um, often in the mornings when I walk my dog, I'll pray and um, like maybe something I'm worried about, like this John going to school has been a little worrisome for me. And, and I'm not normally a very anxious person and I don't worry a whole lot, but he would pop in my head and and I would see this little family of bluebirds, and they would just be chitting and going down eating and flying up, and <clears throat> and that verse would just pop in my head that the Lord, you know, that we're not supposed to worry. I think it's in Luke, 
um, he takes care of the birds of the air, how much more will he meet every need that we have? And so it just stops me in my tracks. And I just, that's when I start, I know I've said this before about just praising the Lord. Lord, thank you that you see every one of those birds. You know them and you take care of them. They don't have to worry about where they're sleeping. They don't have to worry about what they're eating. And I don't have to worry about John. He's yours. He's yours. I'm his mom and I'm not resolving, you know, I'm not stepping out of his life, but he's yours and you love him more than I ever could. And my job is just to give this to you right now, this today. And sometimes that looks like putting John on an altar, like just envisioning the throne room and saying, okay, here he is. I'm not going to worry about him. And five minutes later, I might be worrying like, okay, he's back on your throne, on, this, on the altar for you. But, um, but it feels good. There's a sense of peace when I'm able to do that. Yes. Um, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, you've mentioned abiding a lot. Mm-hmm. We studied in John 15 that if you abide in me and my and and uh, your words abide in me, and uh, that you'll produce much fruit. And we also talked about how uh, sin enslaves us, but Christ's work has set us free <clears throat> to become slaves to righteousness. Uh, so you mentioned several things that are before and after mm-hmm. uh, the fruit of abiding and, the, and, and freedom prayer itself sort of implies that maybe there's some enslavements, small or large, that you're set free from. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have examples? I know, I know it's confidential sessions, but... Uh, uh, well, we're kind of getting to that. I do okay. have a little bit. Um, the... Yes, the next page. Um, still talking about drawing near and abiding. You know, why would we want to try to do this? Um, the steps first, the steps to drawing near would be, you know, you just think about God, just sit quietly and think about God, use your mind, your will, your emotions, and remind yourself of his truths. You can use scripture for that. Um, you can consider Jesus in Hebrews 4, the great high priest, what he's done for us. Um, and drawing near is always a choice. You don't have to draw near. But sometimes when you're trying to draw near, there are roadblocks. And I think this is what you mean, Frank. Um, sometimes it's fear. Like, I, I can't, I feel like God is close, but I can't see him. Or, or maybe everything is blank. It's, I mean, it's just black. I don't see anything. I don't feel anything. And so we just gently ask the Lord, would it be okay if you show me why I can't see you, why I can't feel your presence? Sometimes that is fear, um, and he'll show you what you're afraid of and, or tell you what you're afraid of, why you're afraid. Um, sometimes it's our independence. I can do this myself. I don't want to be dependent on you um, because we're human, and let's face it, the world tells us it's all about us. We do everything. In America, we don't know how to be dependent truly. Um, not like when you see other countries that they've prayed all day long for dinner and it shows up. They're thanking God. We don't have to pray for our dinner. We just go to the store. Um, and I think we miss out a lot because our country, we are so independent. Um, sometimes a roadblock is arriving versus capacity. And that means I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's not working. And we just quit. Like, I don't, I, this is not for me. I can't do it. Versus capacity is sitting in multiple times until we get there with the Lord. Um, an example of that would be Samuel and Eli. Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. 
he kept going to Eli until finally Eli said, you know, stay there and listen. So God doesn't mind that we don't hear him the first time, that we don't understand. He just wants us to keep listening, to keep trying. And um, sometimes a roadblock could be unforgiveness. Um, somebody's wronged you, you're holding on to it. Maybe you thought you forgave them, but um, the Lord says, you need to forgive so-and-so for what they did. And you can say, God, I thought I did. And he'll say, it's still there. If you're still thinking about it, there's still a part of you that's holding on to that unforgiveness. And we, there are steps that we work through for forgiveness. And um, that's where I've seen the biggest, one of the biggest changes in people. When they walk in, a lot of times they just, they just look like they're heavy. They're, they're carrying a lot of burden. And often, if it is unforgiveness, when they walk through the steps of forgiveness... Their whole countenance changes. Their demeanor changes. They walk out just taller and um, just more at peace. Sometimes it's an ungodly belief. Um, my dad was awful. Not my dad, but, you know, for someone growing up who had a dad who beat them or was absent, then the Lord, he's like my dad. You know, he's not going to be forgiving to me. He's going to... Um, want to beat me he's going to leave me he whatever we carry over often carries over into our picture of the lord um and sometimes it's unconfessed sin and, and that can be big or little it can be really something insignificant but something that satan again has used to hold on to us so that's kind of general some of the things that can can be and then the other thing that um I've learned and holding on to is that new creation piece that we are new creations in Christ. Second um, Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is come." So I can read that and think that's great, but I don't feel that at all. I don't feel like I'm a new creation. I'm doing the same thing. I'm reacting the same way. I still have the same bitter thoughts or judgmental thoughts, even though I don't say them out loud, they're still, they're still there, um, which in turn makes me feel badly about myself, which makes me distance myself from the Lord because I'm not living what you say I should be. I, there's something, something wrong with me. Um, that's kind of sometimes how we internalize that. And you can't behave. And so we keep trying harder. We keep striving. I can do this. I can do this. So we cannot behave ourselves into becoming a new creation. We become a new creation when we connect our spirits with the Lord, with His Holy Spirit. When our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, that's when we can become the new creation because it's God's work in us. It's nothing we can do by ourselves. And that took me a long time, still still saying it now. I, you know, it's still something I'm walking into, but that is so freeing. I cannot do it, but the Lord can. I have to accept that it's His work in me and, um, and His Spirit. And so, and the more that, as I said, this becomes a lifestyle, the more you connect with the Lord, the easier it is to believe that it's Him. And, and I'm not trying to hold anything back. I don't have to hide anything. It's transparency. It's, I messed up. God, please forgive me. I just yelled at so-and-so or... Ooh, I'm having bad thoughts about that person. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Or, God, show me why what she just said really landed on me and made me upset. 
is that about her or is that about me? And um, it's very freeing. I don't have to carry it around. Just someone can, you know, ring me up one side and down the other instead of immediately reacting. Hopefully, you know, I can step back and just a quick prayer. Lord, is anything true in what they just said? I need to own it. Or show me what's going on with them. Why were they just so mean? And so often he'll give insight to, it's really not about you. It's, you know, they've had a terrible day. And there is... It all sounds kind of, I don't know, out there, but they're just little thoughts that he gives you that when you learn to hear his voice and discern it, they're truth. They're just truth. I've been uh, over the years talking with um, people you know in ladies' Bible class and how you get closer to. Um, the one issue that comes up a lot is just being overwhelmed by, like I have a friend, um, <coughs> had a terrible divorce and for the longest time you could just see it in her face you know and um, I think she finally finally said I had to let go of it I mean I could tell because I had not seen her in a while uh-huh. she was different um, the next time I met her like was just three months later uh-huh. and um, I, I think when she was in that, and I've been in that overwhelmed condition too, it's hard to connect with God because you just worry all the time. Right. You know, if you worry all the time about it. And so one minute you're confessing and talking to God, and the next minute, you know, why don't you do something? Right. You know. And in that case, sometimes, like, you can sit with the Lord by yourself and you can work through a lot of this, and sometimes you need other people. And I would say that's a case where, you know, she or that person would benefit from a freedom prayer session. And it's just, um, there's just a stronger um, spiritual presence. And, um, and they can, and whoever the lead is can help her hear the voice of the Lord and get the distractions removed um, and find out, or Lord, you know, why? Why do I? Why am I holding on to this so strongly? What is what is in the way of me being able to hear you? And He wants that relationship, so He'll answer. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I think what you're telling us is that there's this whole spiritual side that we never really experience. We go these verses in there. I want you to lighten your eyes of your uh, faith and those kind of things, so you can fully know Christ. It, it's almost like we've got a toaster at home, we put the bread in it, you know, we plug it in, nothing happens. Well, uh, we need to plug it in before it's going to happen. And we all sort of know those scriptures and uh, would like to experience that, but we haven't plugged ourselves in right. by getting rid of all the things that... that uh, compromise a mm-hmm. conflicted life. Uh, I know our time's almost up, but you know, my son Franklin is also a facilitator. I hope that's the right term. Yes. Prayer. He meets some of three people. And uh, I can see a change in his life. It's not like I know Jeannie super well, but you see in her language, the way she says things, the relationship with God, the change there. I've done a session and uh, it uh, had a great peace, almost like when you had been baptized. 
you felt so much peace and joy, and you're free to express things that maybe you're ashamed of or you don't want most people to know, um, and have the chance to Lord to uh, to speak to you. So um, I would endorse you know, if you're interested uh, connecting to Jeannie, Andy, uh, Reese. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, in the bulletin, it has, uh, I think in here somewhere, it has how you would sign up for that. It's kind of a block. Yes, down here at the bottom. It gives you the web. There's a website you would go on. And only the coordinator would see that you had signed up. And I will, I just, I know our time's out, but again, reiterate that it's totally confidential. There is no judgment in that room, whatever, you know, Frank alluded to that, whatever it is that has to come up and off of you, or not has to, but that the Lord shows you you need to talk about or deal with. Um, the people in the room, we care about you, but we don't care about what you say. All we want is for you to connect with the Lord and let the Lord do his work. And... Um, yeah, so there's just there's no judgment, and the Lord gives some kind of spiritual amnesia, which they had talked about, and I was like, there's no way I'll remember everything. I don't know. This feels overwhelming, but you don't. For two or three days, I will remember bits and pieces of a session, and I will pray for that person as those thoughts pop into my head, and after that, I hope I remember the name and the face, um, but nothing else can I tell you about what happened, and that is only from the Lord. Um, so I'll just leave you on that. Y'all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.